You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, but we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our community. labor's rights in the United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio, and it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. For the union makes us Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report, Alabama's only union talk radio show. It is Saturday, June 27th, 2020, and my name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. We are broadcasting live online and on the radio in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. Today we have another nurse from the Pennsylvania Association of Staff Nurses and Allied Professionals, or PASNAP. Carla LeCoin. She'll be talking to us today about their fight for a contract at her hospital and what it's like living under an employment contract that she helped write. Later, we'll be talking about the protests and the superficial versus material concessions and what that means for the movement. And we'll also be circling back around and updating our story on the TVA outsourcing. All this and more on today's Valley Labor Report. So I mention every week that we're broadcasting online, and I always mean to mention where you can find us online at the end of the show, uh, and I always end up running against the clock. So I'm going to try it at the beginning today. We're streaming live on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at uh, uh, facebook.com slash Report. You can find us on Twitter at Labor Reporters. We're streaming live there on Twitter. Uh, you can also find my personal Twitter at Jacob M underscore AL. You can find David at Radical Unionist. That's R-A-D-I-C-L Unionist. And we're on YouTube. You can search the Valley Labor Report. If you want to support our work, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Report. And if you've got questions during the broadcast, uh, you can tweet us, Facebook us, or call the station at 1-866-494-9866. Not going to be taking phone calls during the interview. So if you've got questions during the interview, you know, like tweet at us or something, and, and we'll... Um, We'll try to ask Carla those questions, uh, and then after that, we'll you know we'll have an open line, so um, you can call in and ask us any questions. So on to the interview. A couple of weeks ago, we had two nurses from PASNAP uh, talk to us, Joe Gentile and Bill Engel. They talked to us about winning their union election, what prompted them to fight for the union, the union-busting tactics that the boss employed, all that good stuff. And uh, you can go back and find that interview on our YouTube page. It's one of my favorite that, that we've ever done. I think that it's the same for David. Uh, but that's kind of where the story ended, right? They don't have their contract yet. And um, a worker skeptical of unions and, and, and what we're talking about here might think, well, you know, all that feel-good stuff, that's fine and that's dandy, but, like, what materially happens? Um, well, you know, fear no more, dear skeptical worker. Uh, we have you in mind. Today, we're talking to Carla LeCoin. 
LaCoin is a lifelong Pennsylvania resident, an AFL-CIO delegate, an executive board political and community outreach chair, a Philadelphia Hospitals Voting Initiative member, a Black Doctors COVID-19 consortium volunteer, and the reason that she's on the line with us today, she is a registered nurse at Einstein Hospital and a member of PASNAP. She's worked at Einstein since the 80s and was part of the union campaign a few years ago and was on the bargaining committee for the contract. She's going to talk to us a little bit about the run-up to the election, the election itself, uh, but mainly we're going to talk to her about where Bill and Joe left off a couple of weeks ago at contract negotiations. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Carla works night shifts. So she stayed up a few hours after her long shift for literally no other reason than to educate workers about what they can have with a union. You know, we're not getting rich off this, folks. I can tell you that. We are, David and I, we are volunteers for the cause. Carla's volunteers for the cause. We're putting this all in uh, because we believe in the movement. We believe that workers have a right to avoid voice in their workplace. Um, and so, Carla, thank you so much for coming on with us. I really appreciate it. I know uh, from my father worked nights when he uh, when I was a kid, and so I know what that does to people, mm -hmm. and I really appreciate you staying up after your long shift. How long, how long was your shift last night? Um, actually, last night I was off, but I work all the time. Oh, weekend. okay. But um, I do thank you for that amazing intro. So that was kind of awesome. <laughs> well, of course, of course. Thank you so much for talking to us this morning. Uh, re we really appreciate mm -hmm. it. Sure. Um, so, uh, like I said, we're, we want to spend a little bit about kind of the genesis of the union campaign. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to spend most of the time talking about contract negotiations and what it's like after the contract. But let's, you know, give a little bit, a little bit of a prologue. You know, you didn't work, you don't work at St. Mary's. You work at Einstein, so that's a little bit different than. Bill and Joe. So when did you first learn about the union campaign at your hospital? Uh, let's see. We got our contract at the end of 2016. But actually, we, yeah, the end of 2016, I actually started hearing whispers that we might become unionized probably 18 months before. And as you said, I've been a nurse since the 80s. In July, it'll be 32 years for me. And this has been tried before, and it never made it. And it just seemed this time was a time that it took. Its management had a different philosophy than it had in the 80s. Nurses had a different philosophy, and it all came together, and we were ready. We were definitely ready. Fantastic. So were you part of the original group of organizers there? Yes. Um, I'm, oh, I'm one of the the originals. Um, it was pretty exciting to be part of that. And even though I didn't come into the actual bargaining part until maybe four, four or five weeks into it, because it started in August of 2016, mm -hmm. but I was one of the originals. I was lucky enough to have an uncle that's a huge um, proponent of unions and labor and all that and I just didn't know much about it even though he was into it and as I got older I learned more and I'm so glad that I did. 
Right, right. So it, it didn't take you um, it didn't take you very long to get on board with the campaign. How long did it take your group uh, to come on board? Like, how long did it take all the nurses at Einstein to come on board with the union campaign? And you know, what were some of the reasons that they came around? What were some of their concerns? Um, as with as with a lot of things, there were some nurses that knew right up front. Like even when the union tried to get them before they were pro union. And it took some of us a little longer to get on board that it was time for it to come to Einstein. Um, there were, I just, within those 18 months of the whisper starting and then, you know, going to meetings off campus from the hospital. And the concerns that nurses had were so valid. Like, I don't fault them at all. They were worried about their jobs which is understandable. They were worried about backlash from management, and they weren't educated. They didn't know a lot about unions. A lot of us thought that unions were more teamsters and truck drivers. They didn't realize that they also would benefit us. And Einstein, they, 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 they invested over a million dollars to fight the union. So the nurses that didn't know a lot of the education came from what Einstein was telling them. So I understood their concerns. And it was all about education for oh. all of us to see that this was a great thing. Over a million dollars to fight. This is David. Yes. That's, that's really, <laughs> I mean, that speaks volumes to what a union can do for the, for the nurses or employees in Doesn't a workplace. That's, that's, that's insane. And and at this time, I'm sure that they were. I'm sure that they were telling you that they couldn't afford to pay you yeah. <laughs> to give you give you a little yeah, bit of a raise. Yeah. yeah, we can't afford anything for y'all. We can't afford anything more for patient safety. But we've got a million dollars that we can drop on these fancy union busting yeah. lawyers. Yeah, that's crazy. Man, I yeah. tell you, that's a bunch of garbage. Um, so so what were you know you mentioned that, that they had concerns with unionizing like of, of course and that's that's reasonable like they were concerned about retaliation or losing their job mm -hmm. what what and you mm -hmm. mentioned education was key to bringing them on board with the union campaign so what were like the issues that they were concerned with about the hospital like what changed their mind what what was it that they said, okay, you know, even though there is this risk of retaliation that my boss is going to be mad at me or, or whatever, even mm -hmm. though there is this risk, um, there's a yeah. bigger risk in not organizing. There, there's so much more at stake. And so I'm going to mm -hmm. join the union campaign and I'm going to vote for the union. What was it that brought people over? Uh, well, that knowing that a million dollars was spent and even the nurses that did not know the actual price point of the hospital trying to kind of push the, the union um, whispers down. It was the fact that they would send us to these mandatory meetings and they would talk about how the hospital would go under and how the union would take our money with the Jews and they wouldn't do anything for us and how the hospital was trying to help us and trying to, you know, help us vote the correct way when it came time for the vote. And there were those of us that looked around that were just like, wait a second, we're adults, we're educated, we vote for presidents, we vote for city council, we have homes with mortgages. We don't need a hospital, employers to help us, poor little nurses, help us learn how to vote. It's really and amazing. 
it's the same it's the same talking points no matter where you go it's always the same it's gonna it's gonna close the hospital down it's gonna cost <laughs> us more money than and, and we're, we're gonna go under or the bad union guys are gonna come in and tell you <laughs> exactly what to do you're not gonna have any voice in the workplace any longer right. It's always mm-hmm. the same talking points. You would think that people would mm-hmm. would would, uh, would get used to that and just ignore it, but we're we're going through the same thing with some campaigns down here. Yeah, and it's just you know what? Be a little creative. You know, get a different script. Right. Yeah, script exactly. Well, the same script works <laughs> with them. That's the bad part about it. It's the same script that works with them every time. It's worked with them for a hundred mm-hmm. years. Well, it's worked, you know, it's, it's different groups of folks. Like they don't, and, and the, you know, news about unions is specifically like it's, it's suppressed. People don't talk about it. Uh, you don't learn about mm-hmm. it in schools. And so like the group of, oh, right. the, the group of nur- nurses that you were a part of, they had never heard this, the union busting script that, that they give. Um, and so that's one of the reasons that it works for sure. Um, but but mm-hmm. since the union election, you, uh, have you seen mm-hmm. like an increase in union activism among some of the early naysayers? Like have, have some of the really big anti-union folks come on board and been a real active part of the union uh, since then? Yes, uh, that has been awesome. Um, besides the education and having discussions with each other, just organic discussions with each other. and. As I was saying before, the, the philosophy of management going a little more business and not treating us the way they I felt I was treated in the 80s, it was prime time. And when we had our negotiations, we, it was an open forum. We had a committee that was dedicated to it, but we also wanted nurses just to come in on your lunch break, on your day off, just pop in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the naysayers saw the way they wanted to treat us, um, they saw how they spoke to us. They were actually just surprised, and even, and I was surprised. But you know what? Some of the naysayers became our huge fighters. That's so it was great. awesome. That's great. Yeah, we love to hear that. Um, we're going to be talking to Carla some more on on the other side of the break after um, what happened, more about what happened after the union election and bargaining with their uh, with the employer. So stay tuned. This is the Valley Labor Report. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the Machinist Unions, over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates. 
consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in North Alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry. We can do the same for you. Together, we remain united, raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community. The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union founded in Atlanta in 1888. We have been serving members' needs for 132 years. The longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class. The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, healthcare, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or organize at iamaw44.org. Here in Huntsville, federal employees are an invaluable part of the nation's defense, offering unmatched expertise in engineering and technology and as stewards of taxpayer dollars. What we ask for in return is to be treated with fairness, dignity, and respect. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE Local 1858, is a union of working people looking out for each other, making sure that we're treated right. To inquire about joining or to learn more, call 256-876-4880. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland and the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland and the Proletariat, y'all. WVNN. On the line, we have Carla LaCoyne, a registered nurse at Einstein Hospital in Pennsylvania, a member of PASNAP, the nurses' union up in, up in that state. We're ta uh, we just finished talking about uh, some, some of kind of the prelude to the union election there. And so, uh, she's, so Carla, you won your election, and, um, you know, you, so the – you won your union election, and so the hospital had to bargain with you. How how long mm -hmm. uh, from your election did it take before you were at the table? Like how how long was it between you win your union election with the National Labor Relations Board, and then you're sitting at yeah. the bargaining table across from your boss, like writing your contract? Wow. Uh, let's see. The vote. We won the vote in the beginning of April, 2016. We did not actually get to the table until August. Wow. Yeah, Our hospital fought us that long. Yeah. Yeah. That's not out of the ordinary, that's, you know, on, on campaigns like that, especially when they're sinking that kind of money into the campaign. Uh, they're going to do everything mm -hmm. they can to delay it because they know the more that they can delay it, then uh, they're saving money in the long, you know, even if it's just a few months, they're still saving a few months of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, nice. and the great thing about it is even though we had to wait and we really wanted to start, they were dealing with nurses. We, we can wait things out. <laughs> we, can, we can wait things out. So it was okay. Y'all have the patience of Job. <laughs> yes. Good, good, good. So what – um. Can, just walk us through – can you walk us through the process mm -hmm. of, of what it's like? Um bargaining with your employer over the contract that you're going to be working under like what how, how was it that how did um 
the nurses at Einstein, how did y'all decide that, okay, this is what we're going to bargain for. This is how hard we're going to mm-hmm. go at it. These are like non-negotiables. These are, um, mm-hmm. how did you elect your bargaining committee? Um, what was mm-hmm. some of that beginning stages process like? Um, it actually, you know what? It started with when we were just organizing. It was having those conversations with other nurses and not assuming. And PASMAP and our staffers were great about don't assume that everyone wants money. Yeah. Just be open to it. See, older nurses might worry about retirement. Nurses with little ones might worry about pediatric care. So we had those discussions. We did surveys. We kind of had people number what's important to you. And we went with that knowledge, and we made sure that our bargaining committee encompassed most of, if not all, of the units. Because some of the concerns we have on mother-baby, which I work, might might not be the same concerns that someone has in an ICU unit. So we tried to have that diversity. We tried to have different ages. We had to try to have different basically like we really tried to get that, that diversity in there and we had to have some people that were a little quiet which was great and people that were good with just getting out there with their voices and all of that brought together our, our bargaining committee right and you know that that really kind of illustrates just how just how silly some of the anti-union talking points are like one of one of the prominent one of the big anti-union talking points is that the union is going to take your voice away that you're not going to ha- be able to have mm-hmm. this open door with the boss like that ever did anything for you in the first place that <laughs> um, you know i mean when, honestly honestly how many how many times has an open door policy with the boss helped anybody like very very few times and and y'all went to y'all talked to every nurse or you you solicited opinions from every nurse you Mm -hmm. got uh nurses representative from um all the different departments all the different kind of age Mm -hmm. groups and demographics i mean like this is what uh, the people that were bargaining for your contract were genuinely representative of the workers yes. at that hospital instead of you know these bosses or uh or worse yet corporate ceos who've never even stepped step foot in a hospital mm-hmm. um deciding the contract that you should work under exactly exactly and some of them were quite fine with the health care they were that the hospital received or even they would say you know things were fine things are fine when when i go to the hospital well yes because People know who you are, and everything is going to be great, but we're fighting for ourselves, and we're fighting for everyone's mother and father and their families. Our hospital is, is, is a great hospital. It's a humble hospital and a humble community, and we want to make sure everyone is well taken care of, as well as ourselves. And nurses are known to be like giving and advocates for everyone, and the hospital loves that. But once you create an advocate, you can actually take that creation and decide you can only do it this way. We realized that we also had to be advocates for ourselves. And like when you're on a plane, you have to put your mask on first before you can help anyone else. And yeah. it took us a while to figure it out, but we did. That's a brilliant analogy. Yeah, yeah. And I can see, you know, and that's the problem. Well, I don't know that that's the problem, but I can see where that would be a pitfall because you're so used to helping everybody else and you're so used to mm-hmm. taking that back seat and putting everyone else mm-hmm. first that it becomes easy 
to say, okay, we'll wait, or okay, right. you know, we'll yeah. we'll give you another chance, as opposed to yeah. collectively standing together and saying, you know, we're mm-hmm. we're done with this. We're going to move forward as mm-hmm. a, as a as an organized unit. Right. So, I've read I've read a lot about hospital organizing drives and like nonprofit organizing drives, um, organizing mm-hmm. drives where or education where the the employees like are really passionate about their work where the employees are doing really good work for people that mm-hmm. they care about for their community mm-hmm. and yeah. um and, and you know one of the anti-union things that the employers always inevitably whenever you've got workers like that is they try to guilt trip you they say that oh you're you know you're going to endanger the patients or you're going to endanger your yeah. students or, or or whatever whatever but ex- that's a yeah. that's a fantastic analogy because when the plane goes down, you have to make sure that you're safe and healthy before you can help mm-hmm. anybody else. That's so important. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and when they speak to the community, it was also really amazing that the fact that when we couldn't have our organization organizing meetings in the hospital, there were churches, like local churches were like, fine, come have them here. So the community helped oh, us great. a lot. Yeah, that's great yeah. as well. So you had a, a good, mm-hmm. a good foundation built around you for all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the best, the 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 best of unions and unionism in my mind is one that really incorporates, you know, not only the workers but the but the community. You know, a hospital is really kind mm-hmm. of the center of a community in the same way that a school is, and so, um, yeah. you know. Uh, Workers aren't uh, workers at the hospital necessary. Uh, they're they're not even the only stakeholders, and and y'all incorporating the other stakeholders in the community is is just really really great. And them welcoming y'all into their churches to um to have meetings and stuff. That's really great. Um, we're coming up on a break again. We're going to be talking to Carla about some of the gains specifically that were made at the bargaining table and how they're being enforced on the other side. Stay tuned. This is the Valley Labor Report. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation. From the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org. That's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org to learn more. All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the Machinist Unions, over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates, consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in North Alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry. We can do the same for you. Together, we remain united, raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community. 
The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union founded in Atlanta in 1888. We've been serving members' needs for 132 years. The longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class. The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, healthcare, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or organize at iamaw44.org. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report. I'm your host, Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host, David Story. On the line, we have Carla LaCoyne. She is a nurse from Einstein Hospital in Pennsylvania, a member of PASNAP, the Pennsylvania Association of Staff Nurses and Allied Professionals. And she's been talking to us about the union that they've got at that hospital, um, bargaining for the contract. And so, Carla, now, if you could tell us, like, what are some of the what are some of the specific gains that y'all won mm-hmm. at the bargaining table that are in your contracts like did you get what what were the mm-hmm. things that you won did you get raises was it um, health mm-hmm. health benefits or retirement like mm-hmm. what was it that y'all won um okay, we won things like a pay scale that's most it's, it's a fair pay scale it's based on the years of nursing experience a formal arbitration and grieving process, which is great self-scheduling. Uh, we created a nursing resource committee that actually puts nurses at with leadership at the hospital. And even small things such as if there's snow or extreme weather, that they have to give us proper and appropriate accommodations and feed us, things like that. Um, I also feel something that maybe wasn't in our collective bargaining agreement that it's about seven, 57 pages, 58 pages was the fact that we, at that table, we gained a voice and we gained even more power. Just to share something with you that I am so excited about, the nurses at PASNAP and definitely the Philadelphia um, locals. We have a big sister local, uh, Philadelphia Hospital. Those nurses are amazing. They've been doing this for years. They've been mentoring us and supporting us. We were able to go to our governor and the secretary of the Department of Health for the state. And we were able to go to them and say, our hospitals aren't protecting us during this pandemic. They are giving us the proper PPE and we need to do something. And we had phone calls and everything like that. Uh, the governor wasn't able to see us and given and understand what we were going through. So we decided as a nurses union, if you can't come to us, we're coming to you. We're coming to your home. And things started changing really quickly. And because of that, we have an executive order that was created for the state of Pennsylvania. And it doesn't cover nurses, it covers staff. It covers everyone. And I am so proud of that. And the fact that our president, Maureen May, got us there and our president that we had for 12, 13 years, Patty Eakin started us on this journey. And this is what, just 
that I'm able to look in my phone book and call senators and congressmen. Again, nurses aren't just at the nurses' station. We're in City Hall. We're in Harrisburg. We're, like, kicking in doors. We're being heard. That's that's one of the biggest things that people don't realize whenever you unionize is it's not just about monetary gains, uh, health mm-hmm. insurance, pensions. I mean, all those things are wonderful and they're they're great for our members. But mm-hmm. the fact that you gain that voice and that advocacy uh, and the yeah. respect not just not just the respect from the employer, but the ability to go to congress or to your uh, state representatives and demand changes mm-hmm. because you're because you're working collectively it's so overlooked yeah. and especially i can imagine in y'all's industry where you mm-hmm. really need to have that advocacy on, on on part of the nurses and the healthcare staff yeah that's not something that you can do that's not something that you can do as like an like an individual uh, employee like you just you just don't have the power you just you know you're right. one person if you're not uh, not in a union, you're one person. You're obviously replaceable, and um, mm-hmm. like if if you're not together with your fellow workers, with your brothers and sisters, um, you just mm-hmm. you just simply don't have the power that warrants big politicians listening to you. And and so that that yeah. is that is definitely a big a big thing that you you have a voice in your workplace, but also in your community and in your state and your city, and and that that's. That's fantastic. Um, it is. How has enforcing the contract been going since it was implemented? Um, you know, obviously there are going to be, as with any, you know, any relationship, you're going to have you're going to have problems. You're going to have disputes. You're going to have disagreements. And so, mm-hmm. walk us through kind of what happens when what. what when the employer, when when the hospital like tries to make you do something, when uh, that that you're not supposed to have to do, or they try to do something that's not in the in the contract, or you know something like that, mm-hmm. how, how do you enforce the contract? It's it's great how we have it set up. It's one of those things that you can whatever incident that happens, you can go to your unit representative, and then we have executive. So there's, there are people that are levels that you go up, so people know what's going on. And you discuss it, you have a voice. There's something that goes on that even doesn't need to go up to the executive board of the nurse. Even if you go into your nurses, your nurses, um, you can have a representative there with you. Just to have support, just to have enough person they don't even have to say anything just to have someone in there with you so it's just not a closed door and no one really knows what happened and the question there are reasons um there's arbitration that by your side and granted we may not every single thing that we want but the hospital also doesn't get to do every single thing that they want to us and that there's someone standing by your side through your journey, and I think that's really helpful to have that support. Right, right, definitely. Um, so, how are you know? You mentioned some of these things like arbitration. You get to have um, you get to have a union rep in with conversations with your employer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As far as as training, you know, how are your local members being trained in negotiating and enforcing the CBA? Like, what what does that look like? Mm-hmm. That's really great. It was, since this is new to us, 
uh, we've only had, like I said, our, yeah, since, tw since 2016, the end of 2016. So we're still kind of new at this. And they set up training sessions. They set up, as I talked about before, learning to speak to people. Even though you have a way of going about it, still letting it be organic to what is interesting and what is necessary and what is wanted by the staff member. They set those things up. They let us know, once again, that they have that we have the support of each other and the um, staffers to kind of guide us. And they don't the past and what the in the end it's our decision you're kind of um you're kind of breaking up with, with us uh, i don't know oh. um am i better yes, yes better yes okay um and even and it's not a one-time thing that we have these the refresher courses happen every so many years when it's time to negotiate another contract like we're about to do now we're going to have refresher courses of how to have these dialogues and how to get in there and, and talk to people again. So they have us really have to have those conversations and those chats. I'll tell you, sister, I, I know you said numerous times it's only been four years, but I'll tell you this. I've been in the in the labor movement since I was 16, and you sound like you've been right there with me the entire time. So <laughs> well, do, do not let them take anything away from you because it is amazing the the amount Thank of knowledge you. that you are putting out on the in the airways right now. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to, to share. Absolutely. And that's what's really important to share. Yes, it, it it is very important because, like you said, um, you know, folks folks just don't know, and they're and that's by design. You know, the people in power don't mm -hmm. want us to know uh, the, the kind of power that we can have. Um, so that uh, that's going to wrap up our interview with Carla Lacoin. Carla, thank you so much for coming yes, on with us. We you. really appreciate it. Thank you. We apologize for all the y'alls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that was Carla LaCoyne, a registered nurse at Einstein Hospital in Pennsylvania. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to the interview, you can find us online at Facebook or YouTube at the Valley Labor Report. We've got a little bit more. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker & Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker & Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, our educators and school support staff are going above and beyond to support our students and families. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama students. Please take care and stay safe. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. 
We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation. From the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org. That's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org to learn more. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. Hey, y'all. Are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Well, tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcasts. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see you all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. Uh, we just wrapped up an interview with Carla LaCoin, a registered nurse in Einstein Hospital up in Pennsylvania. It was a really fantastic interview, man. Wonderful those nurses, interview. Those, wow. those nurses up there in Paznat, they are they're something else. Uh, so if you want to if you want to go back and check out that interview. You know, you can go back and watch the stream after the show is over. We also clip up uh, interviews and segments, and so you can go back and watch that on our YouTube channel at some point uh, later. And if you want to go back and watch the Bill and Joe interview, uh, two other nurses from Paznap that we interviewed two weeks ago, that's on, that is on our YouTube channel now. You know, the one thing to take away from that is, and and everybody out there listening right now or that may watch, you know, in the coming weeks or months. <laughs> is the fact that all of these things that the company tells you whenever you're looking to start an organizing tribe is an absolute lie. Yeah. That I mean, if there's nothing else that you should take away, it's that they're constantly lying to you. And, right. And, and it's just, it's amazing. It's the same script, like we said earlier, it's the same script over and over and over again, and people keep buying into it. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's exactly right. Um, We've got an open line now, so if you want to call in, uh, the number is 1-866-494-9866. That's 1-866-494-WVNN. And um, I wanted to talk some about uh, the, the protests and some action that has come about because of the protests. You know, we have seen, I mean... I genuinely think this is this is just nearly unprecedented the amount of activity that's been going on the amount of protests we've been seeing in the streets uh, almost all of it peaceful um, it, it's just really really amazing and heartening to see this kind of action uh, taking place in our country right now and there has been a lot of action that uh, resulted from the protests a lot of the action but you know a lot of this action has been things like People posting black squares on their social media or Confederate statues coming down or Aunt Jemima changing their name. And this has led some people to believe that the movement is not 
serious or that things are so good in America that a syrup bottle is the biggest worry that we have and there are no real issues you know like if like if the biggest thing that we've got to worry about is is a syrup bottle or um you know people making sure that people of color voice uh characters of color on the simpsons or something like man this is we've got it really good right well yeah i mean you know that's silly <laughs> like like that that that's silly obviously and i i say it flippantly because it, it it's it's just it's really true and now, before i go down that rabbit hole though i do want to say that i'm obviously and absolutely in favor of the statues coming down i think it's great that aunt jemima's changing their name you know i've seen some folks on facebook saying oh how silly this is this is horrible that that's awful and and one person in particular that i'm thinking of they've got like <laughs> probably probably only one black friend and that black friend commented and and you know really respectfully and um nicely and in a, a brotherly and, and sisterly way explained to them like why this image is is offensive to them as as a black person and why they don't feel like it represents the best that uh black america is and the, the story's not really not really that great and you know, and so this person was like, oh, wow, I had no idea. And they had just previously shared, shared, you know, this stuff about, oh, this stupid lives, you know, they don't know, they've got nothing to complain about. And so they're complaining about syrup bottles. And, and one of the reasons is because most of the people don't see the negotiations going on in the back room. Right. You know, there's, regard, and, and that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize that are not involved with certain movements is whenever these protests are going on, there are people actively negotiating uh like the uh what was it the coalition for criminal justice reform that are that these protests give them the collective power to actively negotiate with city councils on those people's behalf right and they don't and they don't have a whole lot of people in in this community to talk to about and, and you know all their friends all their friends are white all their friends are middle class or upper middle class and so they just they just like genuinely it's ignorance and it's not like you know, it's it's not a judgment thing. I'm not, you know, you're not bad if you're ignorant. You're not a bad person, but you're just, you know. I, you haven't I was, been in that community. Yeah, you just haven't. You, haven't you, you been just in don't know. Community. You just don't know, and that's all ignorance is. And, um, you know, so that's good. That's great that all these things are happening. Um, and, and you know, like, uh, if the government won't act to remove a symbol that the citizens of a community want removed, then, like, I've not really got a problem with them taking matters into their own hands and, and pulling it down. And, and, and that's another thing, really quick. This proposition that we ought to lock humans up, human beings, the children of God, right, if that's your thing, um, for a decade, if they take down, like, Confederate statues, statues to people that fought a war to keep an entire race of people enslaved like the the idea that you would it shows how out of touch government is with the the populace it's insane that is that that you would be in favor of locking a human being up for a decade and then obviously ruining the entire rest of their life because they're going to have some kind of criminal record no one's going to want to hire them i mean that's like that is that is, I mean, that's just evil. That is, it's not justifiable. Um, it, it, it's insane. Uh, but. Well, I mean, let's talk about that for a second because the the fact of the matter is, my apologies, go ahead. Yeah. Um, 
you know, uh, that, that proposal is just another in a long list of, re of examples why the Trump administration just, just really has a total disregard for the, uh, for the sanctity of life. And, and we're sorry. Somebody tried to call, um, and, and we accidentally dropped it. So if you, <laughs> you want to call back. No, we didn't drop it. They just weren't on the line whenever I picked up. I guess they just. They uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you want to call back, we're, we're going to try to pick it up. But uh, anyway. You know that that just that's another in a long list of examples why the Trump administration, in my mind, has a total disregard for the sanctity of human life. And Not just the Trump administration. Yeah, well, of course, government in general. Government in general would yeah. refuse to listen to the the governed. Mm -hmm. They refuse mm -hmm. to allow the governed to take a vote. They refuse to accept anything on right. on on the governed behalf. That's exactly right. But you know, and and that was all kind of a tangent, but. Uh, because when you see people in the streets, their main concern has not been Aunt Jemima. Their main concern has not been with, uh, you know, some of the people are protesting to take down Confederate statues, but that's like not the main thing, right? They have real concerns with the way that they are being treated by the police in America. They are looking for real solutions to an epidemic of police violence. They're looking for a world that respects and cares for people with mental health problems instead of killing them or incarcerating them. And so why then is the first thing that happens is syrup companies change their name? Uh, why is the first thing that the Birmingham city government looks to change the name of the historic 16th Street to Black Lives Matter Street, a move that was vehemently opposed by the black community? Why is it that these symbolic gestures that absolutely should happen again, you know, other than renaming 16th Street, uh, but, but most of these things should absolutely happen, but why is it that these symbolic gestures are the first things to happen? It's because it's easy and the people in power don't want to look for real solutions because real solutions may hit them or their donors in their pocketbooks it may make some folks uncomfortable so they want to be able to say that black lives matter and they want to change this name or rededicate that building or tear down this statue or that one and they want you to forget about the real problems that brought you to the street in the first place so I say don't forget. I say stay in the streets, keep the pressure up, build community organizations, build up your unions, build coalitions to fight for racial justice, and do not let the only thing that comes out of this moment be that we finally moved that stupid Confederate statue in front of the Madison County Courthouse. Um, we've got Mark on the line. We've only got like 30 seconds before this break. So Mark, if you want to hang on over the break, we're going to bring you back uh, the first thing in the next segment. Uh, thanks for calling into the show. Thanks for listening to the Valley Labor Report. If anybody else wants to talk to us, the number is 1-866-494-WVNN. That's 1-866-494-9866. And, um, you know, seriously, folks, like, the... <laughs> That can't be the only thing that happens. The only thing that happens cannot be that we come out of this and we move a Confederate statue or we rename a syrup company. That's like that is not the main issue, and there are so many more problems that that people are looking to address. Uh, so this is the Valley Labor Report. Stay tuned. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, 
but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Hometown Action is concerned Alabama's small towns and rural communities increasingly are coming under attack by corporate interests that run local shops out of businesses, shutter our rural hospitals, and pollute our rivers, providing only unstable poverty wage jobs with no health insurance. We know workers and local residents understand the best solution to local problems. Together, we can build the multiracial, working-class power we need to take back our communities. Please join us online at www.hometownaction.org. Thanks for standing with workers, supporting Valley Labor Talk. Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, our educators and school support staff are going above and beyond to support our students and families. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama students. Please take care and stay safe. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. You have questions. We have answers. News Talk 770 AM, 925 FM, WVNN. Depend on it. WVNN. Depend on it. I appreciate you staying on the line. If you are still on the line, hope you are. Wanted to filibuster a little bit at the end of that segment to give you, uh, give you, uh, you know, give you give you a good amount of time to talk to us so uh what 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 do you want to say well i mean you know i i'm kind of a maybe be like a little bit of a devil's advocate here i'm i'm an independent i voted for clinton i voted for bush i voted for obama uh but i did vote for trump because i didn't believe in in hillary but i think that one thing that's a dangerous situation that we're in and i think we have it can't be alabama versus auburn i feel like that's where politics has kind of turned and it's reason i can't pick one side uh, because I, I like I loved President Obama, but then I also can look back and say, okay, well, there was a lot of police injustice that happened under President Obama's yeah, watch. Absolutely. Um, and right. then I don't really see a lot of those other Democrats that 
were screaming for the Confederate statues to go down. Now, I per- per- personally believe that I don't. I wouldn't want them. I think that they should be moved or mm-hmm. should be. But I don't like the idea of people just ripping stuff down because then it sets a precedent of, well, what if there's someone, this is me playing devil's advocate, but I mean, I know there's some people out there that think that Martin Luther King Jr. was not a great guy mm-hmm. or that Martin Luther King Jr. didn't do the things that a lot of people know that he did. Well, if we give that standard of, well, if somebody wants to go to Washington, D.C. and tear down probably one of the most amazing statues that I've seen, we have to have that level of, okay, we'll have yeah. a process. Yeah, and you're no, not going to go and just go rip it down. Oh, yeah, no. And I don't want, I like, I don't want you or, or anybody else to misunderstand me. Like, I'm not saying that like everybody anybody that has a a problem with any statue like you should just be free to tear down anything that you want i'm not even saying that people that tear down confederate statues i'm not even saying that they should face like no consequences you know obviously like if you're willing like if you're that passionate about pulling down a confederate statue and and people have a right to be i believe um you know like you're expecting you're you're expecting some consequences what i'm saying is it is it is morally repugnant to me the the prospect of locking a human being up for a decade for and then years. the yeah. entire rest of their life having a felony on their record not being able to get work not being able to care for themselves their children or their wife or their husband or whatever and i mean l- uh, keeping them in a cage for a decade and then ruining the entire rest of their life because they pulled down a statue that was meant that was meant to um, that that was that in a lot of these cases, you know, these Confederate statues, they they were put up at the end of Reconstruction to reassert white dominance, or as a thumb in the nose to the Civil Rights Movement during the Civil Rights Movement. You know, these were not to honor Confederate people; they were to strike fear in the hearts of Black and Brown people. And so, like the idea that we would ruin a person's life for that is like really, really disgusting to me. I'm not even well, saying that. Well, like, go ahead. Does that make sense? Well, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But my okay. thing is, looking from, I got I got family that, you know, it's been a really tough time for me because I've got two brothers that are law enforcement, and they're great guys. They probably, you know, but they have had to, they've had to endure a lot of stuff that they wish they never would have had to endure. But I think sometimes punishment, it's like you have to set a punishment, maybe 10 years is too much, but if it's a $50 fine and a misdemeanor, well, then no one's ever going to to be deterred from tearing down anything. Now, granted, like I said, maybe 10 years is too much, but I, well, I know I if I'm... If, if you put... The thing is, if you put it into perspective, though, and the fact that they have been asking for the... Say, in Birmingham, for example. Yeah, what this is a majority black city, Birmingham. They've been asking for this for quite some time, and the state representatives absolutely refuse to even hear their voices. And I think that is where we're at right now, is if... Mm-hmm. The the gov and that's what I was saying before you called in. The governed no longer no the government no longer listens to the governed, and there sh- you know I I get what you're saying, but at the same time there should be some uh, some type of vote, some type of somehow where we can constructively come together and come to an agreement. Besides a bunch of white guys sitting in Montgomery saying we're not going to allow you to tear these statues down. Yeah, I mean, I mean therein lies the problem and, of why they're coming down the way they are. And now here you you like uh, started your call with with like um, 
you know, there's a lot of things wrong with, with the Obama administration and police brutality in the Obama administration. And like, I don't know how long you've, I don't know if you've listened to us for a whole lot, but like, we're not Democrat apologists. No, I, no I'll be the first. No, no, And, and the, like, I specifically, I, I was really involved with the Democratic Party for like two years. And I specifically like moved into the labor movement because I, I'm just like totally not interested in defending everything that Barack yeah. Obama does. Like he did really bad things. He was the deporter in chief for immigration activists like like he deported more people than any president in the history of the country before president trump i mean no but know, even like, into president trump's first year when you went back and look at the numbers he had high yeah. obama had higher numbers of deportations under his administration yeah i mean a trump lot did. of the, you know a lot of white liberals like you got to wake up like obama wasn't <laughs> like you got it obama was not a savior joe biden is not going to be your savior you know vote for him that's fine i'm probably going to vote for joe biden but like i like don't you know these people like i'm uh, they're not your saviors the your saviors are gonna be yourself your fellow workers people that um you know like uh, yeah it's it's not gonna be a politician that's for sure sure no i like that i agree i've said more or less some of it playing devil's advocate i'm i'm going 100 with you guys i'm more disgusted at the fact that you know, out of two people, the same way with last year or the 2016, you know, is America that horrible that those right. are the four people that we can bring forward to lead our country? I, I look at it, I think it's got to right. be something better. 300 million people in America, and we've got two doddering septuagenarians who can't form a sentence. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Yeah, brother. Thanks for calling in. Um, so we've got a little bit, a little bit of time left in this segment, and I wanted to talk, um, go back and talk about a story that we talked about um, weeks ago, maybe a month, month or two months yeah. ago. It's been, it's been a minute. Um, and this but it's been, not stopped. It has it's not still stopped. Going on. And it's been going on since before we um, talked about it, and that is the Tennessee Valley Authority is trying to outsource and has already outsourced some, but they're trying to outsource about 20% of their IT department to a foreign company. Now, we did an interview with the Valleywide president of the TVA Engineering Association, Gay Henson, and the IFPTE International president, Paul Sheeran, about this. So you can look up that interview on YouTube for more information, and I'd encourage you to do that. That's a very important story. But um, the the local news is finally catching up to us and um about a month too late yeah yeah and we were we were months late to the story but the reason that, lo that the local news has finally decided to cover this is because the engineering association held a rally in big spring park protesting the outsourcing um i was there and to my surprise so was jeff sessions that was that was really interesting uh seeing him there well he needs some marker votes yeah, yeah. He, he is in desperate need of some marker votes right and he said some interesting things and some things that i disagreed with of course but it, it does beg the question you know where is tommy tupperville on this doug jones sent a representative to show his support and he sent out multiple statements in defense of the t workers at the tva so has mo brooks and Jeff Sessions was at this rally, at this union rally, uh, and he made a statement in support of these workers and against the TVA. Uh, so you know that, like this, which is, goes to which goes to speak to the same thing that we're always talking about. Yeah, it's like, not Democrat or Republican. Yeah, here. we'll support whoever is in support of organized labor. Right, right, and and where's where's Tommy Tupperville on this? Yeah, where's he's he a at? joke. That's he's where joke. he's at. Yeah. He's a joke. He's a joke. 
Yeah, don't. I the mean, guy that lives man. in Florida and then wants to move back to Alabama <laughs> so he can run and 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 um, kiss Trump's derriere yeah. every day, hoping just hoping that he can ride the coattails. And what he wants to accomplish, I don't know. He hadn't come out with anything. Mm-hmm. The, the only the only true stance I seen him take was when they had the gay pride parade. I think it was in Birmingham or Montgomery a few months ago, and you know he came out against that. Yeah, you know. Th- which is silly, and that's one of those the, one of those cultural kind of wedge, wedge issues. Like, does it materially yeah. affect your life if there's a gay pride parade in your town? Like, no, it doesn't. Like, that doesn't matter. And he's and and these are issues that are used to divide working people, so that we're mad at our brothers and sisters across the street who are gay, or we're mad at the immigrants across the street for taking our jobs or whatever. And um, like, we need to come together and realize who who the problem is, and it, it, it's. It's you know the it's Tommy Tuberville for Tommy one. Tommy Tuberville is um, going to be the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I want to talk some about what Jeff Sessions said because he was like part of that. You could have part of his speech could have been like a Bernie Sanders speech, no joke. And I'll tell you what it was. He said stuff about, and this was amazing to me because you never hear Republicans talk like this. He said, "Public servants like myself and the workers behind me. These are public servants, yes, but." Republicans oftentimes call them government employees. You know? Well, it depends on it depends on the crowd. Right, right. You know? Yeah, it, does, it depends. He was talking to government employees, but but he he called them public servants, and he said, "What is the goal of a public servant? The goal of a public servant is to serve the United States. It is to better our community. At the TVA, it is to provide power and uh, you know to the Tennessee Valley. It's an economic project for the Tennessee Valley." And then he said, "A CEO." A corporate executive. What is their goal? Their goal is to increase profits for shareholders, and it is the duty of political leaders like myself, this is Jeff Sessions talking, to stand on the side of workers. And I'm like, my goodness, that is like, what, did Bernie Sanders come? Well, or uh, Eugene Debs. Well, I mean, the the thing is, and also, what should be the goal of the CEO of the TVA? To protect, exactly. to protect America's national interests, right. and who in their right mind wants to turn over a nuclear facility programming yeah. to a foreign entity? I mean, it's, that's just—it's it's insane. It is insane. It's insane. And on top of that, uh, the executives at TVA—they haven't even said that they're guaranteeing any cost saving, like the. Uh, it's it's crazy. They're, the the thing that they're using to justify it is like I think that this foreign company has some kind of technology that they're saying that they don't have, and they even explicitly said that it's not the workers' fault. And I'm just like, well, buy the technology that the workers need. Like it 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 seriously is. Uh, I would not doubt that this is just to break the union, just to thumb the nose and in the face of these American workers, take their jobs, give them to a foreign company to try to pay them less money and try to put money in the pockets of some foreign company's CEO. Um, it's insane. I mean, we, we've got to, got to fight that for sure. Uh, this is the Valley Labor Report. We're going to be talking some more about the TVA outsourcing on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time. 
but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. Hometown Action is pleased to support the launch of the Valley Labor Report because they know that myself and David support their values. They're a power-building collective of small-town, rural, and working-class Alabamians fighting to build inclusive and sustainable communities where all residents can thrive. They invite you to find out more about them online by visiting their website, www.hometownaction.org, and on social media. Please join them in advocating for a stronger labor movement in Alabama. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE Local 1858, believes all workers are entitled to fairness, dignity, and respect. AFGE also knows that the best way to guarantee proper treatment is for workers to stand together, united, looking out for each other. In AFGE, we fight for workers every day to ensure a workplace that is safe and free from harassment. If you're a federal employee and want to be a part of this union to protect yourself and your fellow workers, call 256-876-4880. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time. But the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report. That little snippet that you just heard is a local band called Them Damn Dogs. You ought to look them up. They're really good. I heard them live at uh, the Lumberyard. The Lumberyard. They're awesome. They're really cool. Really good. Really good. Uh, really good music. Really cool folks. Uh, look them up. Them Damn Dogs. Uh, so like I said, this is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. Um, 
And we were talking about the TVA doing some outsourcing. They're trying to outsource 20% of the IT department there. And uh, I'm, I, I, I kind of ran through some of what Jeff Sessions was talking about, some of it that sounded really good. Now, he did go into some stuff about how, like, Google sent out a statement about how they stand with immigrants. And Jeff Sessions was like, oh, what? So that means you don't stand with Americans? And I'm like, well, no, that's silly. You can stand with immigrants and you can stand with Americans, like, at the same time. Like, these are not <laughs> these are not mutually exclusive things. I'm also not supporting... Like, like I'm also not here standing um, Google's CEO like they're doing horrible things to immigrants. They're doing horrible things to immigrants. And that's like this This calls back to what I was saying earlier about the statues and the name changes. These are like superficial BS nonsense statements. Oh, I support workers. Like, oh, Google, you support workers? Well, why don't yeah. you allow them to unionize? They've been one of the worst in Silicon Valley about union busting. So they, they want to put out these, these things to placate, you know, like – uh, uh, like white liberals who have like guilt about themselves or whatever, and 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 they and they don't want to actually do anything to address any problems that they are the architects of. So anyway, there's a lot that I disagreed with Jeff Sessions on about there, and I well, talked to him. Good on him for coming out. Good yeah, on good him, him for, for coming, coming out. out. No kidding. You know, coming out in support of government employees. Yep. That is. That's good. That is good. And I talked to him after that um, and asked him if he'd want to come on the show, and he sounded interested. We haven't actually confirmed anything yet, but we're hoping to bring him on the show and, and talk about that because I think I think that is really good. I would I would love for him to kind of expand on that, why he's supporting these uh, these workers against the outsourcing um, and and maybe go into some of our differences about uh, about some of the things. But but you know, I'd like to just give him give him a, a little bit of a a platform to talk about this because it's a, it's a good cause and it's a, I mean it's important like Gay Henson in our interview she talked about how if the, all of these outsourcing stuff goes through it's like 200 some odd jobs it's going to take like 80 million dollars out of the local economy out of the Tennessee Valley if all of this goes through like tens of millions of dollars are going to leave yeah. this area and that's the reason that the Tennessee Valley Authority was started it was started to electrify the Tennessee Valley but it was also an economic um like like something to build the economic prosperity of the valley it wasn't just to electrify everything it was supposed to be a good source of economic stability and hopefully that's where we're filling the gap on wvnn i recognize there's a lot of political hacks on here that just want to support one party and that to the detriment of the media in general you know both of us consider ourselves fairly independent uh, you know, and hopefully, hopefully that's where we're filling the gap because yeah. we need to be opening discussions with not just Democrats, with Republicans as well, and right. telling them this is what the workers of our state need. Right. I mean, two weeks ago we were talking about Bill and Joe. That was like our favorite interview that we've ever done, and and yeah. um, yep, Joe. Joe up until this Joe morning, up until this morning, that was our favorite interview. Yeah, now we got a new favorite. Carla, man, Carla's great. Awesome. Um, you know, so like we're not. And I mean, you know, I'm independent in the sense that, like, I don't like Democrats or Republicans. I've, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I've never voted for a Republican. But if you give me a Republican that's like, you know, talks about workers' rights and he's all for the unions and he's and he's um, for uh, immigrants and for everybody and he's not uh, all about these cultural wedge issues and trying to make everybody hate each other so that we're not together on these working class issues, I would vote for whoever. Like, I don't care about that, those kind of things. But um, 
So, you know, if you want to hear Jeff Sessions talk to us, maybe you should call his campaign and say, hey, like, why don't you We'll bring on? him on. Yeah, there's yeah, no, we'll there's no partisan we'll politics here. And, hey, I mean, if you've got contacts with the Tupperville campaign, I'd love, yeah, to, talk. No, I don't know, <laughs> I'd love to talk to him. Seriously? <laughs> might not be as, I mean, I might not be as nice, but. <laughs> I don't, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I may have committed David to something he doesn't want to do. <laughs> but um I got I mean it's it's not it's nothing to do with Auburn, man. It's just the fact that no, Coverville I mean, is such a, a political he's, hack. He's a I mean a vanity he's running a vanity campaign, like he's it's, not, it's a one hundred and there and there, let's talk about that. It's one hundred percent wedge issues. There is no substance to no, his campaign whatsoever. If you want to ruin Alabama yeah. Put a freshman senator in D.C. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I I'm not a big fan of Doug Jones, honestly. Uh, there's, there, I, I made no number no bones about that. But Sessions, if we're going to have a Republicans, a Republican senator, Sessions has the experience to keep mm -hmm. Alabamians employed. Tuberville is going. I I don't even want. To, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. It would be absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we're not Britain. No. no, I ain't gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> I would talk to. I would let you could just leave the room and I'll I'll grill Tupperville. I it wouldn't even be leave the room. I just wouldn't show up that day because he would make me <laughs> repulse just to see. Him. I don't even want to hear anything that he's got to say. Um, has he has he mentioned one thing about organized labor? Oh well, no, you know. of course not. Of course not. No. Um, I mean, yeah, it's been all his campaign is like immigrants are bad, Trump's good, gays, gays are, are bad. bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's all one hundred percent wedge issues. It's silly things. No substance whatsoever. No, yeah, like he doesn't. I mean, it, it, it's all silly things. But um, we wanted to give a big shout out big shout to out. the Iron Workers Local Four Seventy Seven. They're going to be coming. Uh, they're going to be coming on as an advertiser in. Uh, July, super excited to advertise uh, for them. They are a great group of workers. Um, they have amazing, amazing uh, safety standards, lower than industry average uh, accidents on the job and stuff like that. They work on like four of the five biggest projects in north alabama biggest construction projects i didn't know that yeah um yeah they're great guys and they're hard you want to talk about hard workers oh yeah. i mean who who wants to go up there and hang off the side of a building right you know? yeah no kidding no kidding and, um it, it's i mean they're super so we're super, and they're organizing in the area too yeah you know? if you like if you have a construction project hire the iron workers local 477 you can email them at local 477 at bellsouth.net um, if you need to hire somebody, hire the iron workers local. And if you're like a construction worker or an iron worker, like call them because they can get you better wages. They can get you better working safety. conditions, safety more on safety the job. on the job. Exactly. More safety on the job, better benefits, all that good stuff, man. If you're like, if you're a construction worker, like. Why would you not be in a union? That would be bonkers. So uh, that's the end of our show today, folks. This has been the Valley Labor Report, Alabama's only union talk radio show. You can find us online on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon. Search The Valley Labor Report and you'll find us. We will be back next week.